0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts. And I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me, See Me. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers. But some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America. I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me See Me podcast. And today you'll straight away see there's something a bit different. I've got a very special guest <laughs> podcaster with me. My my, my daughter is <laughs> Roberts, and it'll become clear when I tell you I'm speaking to today is the wonderful Jess Megan, who I've been following for quite some time. We have got Scroobius Pip in common, and Dara Lynch, who's done some wonderful work. So uh, it was. Gr- I'm so pleased to have you on board. Hello, this morning, Jess
1: hello my <laughs> darlings it's so good to be here by the way i just like, thought i'd mention i hydrate a lot so you're gonna see me drinking like loads of water and tea for the whole thing literally i was just thinking they're probably looking at me going "Why is she drinking so much and it's just like <laughs> hello it's good to see everybody it's good to be here hi 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 hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: my point for you to be a stay- yeah is because we, I love everything that Jess is about, um, but as well, you've got, I mean, I'm just a fat old bloke, so I've not got as much in common, even though I love what you do and I believe in it, but you have got so many, you know, you, you've brought up, this, and I admire you so much for your your um, opinions and everything that you Enforced on me and all of these things
2: uh
0: the two of you would be great like to bring it together as well yeah definitely um i wanted to break it up today because there's things that you do that i love so i thought i'd break it up in the three sections so i thought okay. i'd do it in uh, pubes Periods and positivity.
2: The three P's. Oh, free peace. That's,
0: <laughs> that, I've been working on that. Yeah. That, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Firstly, there was a, a recent um, the the documentary was fantastic about growing out your fro. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. tell tell us how that come about.
1: <laughs> to bring back the bush program on channel 4 wow that was um that was an experience i'm really pleased i did that in hindsight it was such a at the time i was really like oh god it at the end of the day it was a challenge because it was I was getting my pubes out in front of the nation. So let's face it. It was a little bit of a sort of like, it did take me a minute of going, oh, and it wasn't just people's opinions. It was more about a brand's going to work with me again because it's quite, you know, just put myself out there a little bit. Um, So I was contacted by Channel 4. I mean, to be honest, the way these people contact you, I've got no idea. I'm assuming they found me on Instagram, but you know, like they are just so good at what they do, the research teams. And they found me and when they called me, I said to them, look, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. You have no idea how much or how badly I want to do this. Um, I didn't know at the time that I was going to be getting my pubes out. They didn't actually tell us until like two weeks before filming. Right. So I don't know if you, if you guys did watch it, but there is one girl who dropped out. And the reason is because we were all sort of led to believe that there was going to be a beach party at the end. And then they sort of said, oh, actually, we're we're thinking you could get your pubic hair out that you've been growing for the last six weeks or whatever. And I was like, I mean, that's a little bit of a bomb, isn't it? Like to drop two weeks before, like we're supposed to do this shoot. But it was amazing. And honestly, I think it's one of those things where it's a bit like a lot of stuff these days. You do it to like, there's a small team there. And it doesn't, you sort of don't realize, you don't comprehend it until you're sat watching yourself from your living room with your mum and your partner just sat there. And you're all just like, what I'm just watching, like, <laughs> oh, like thinking like Is this, because I hadn't told anyone like what i had done. Um, and I don't even think, I don't even think my dad's watching. In fact, I told my dad, I said, do you know, I've got my peeps out on national TV. And he went, oh, did you? All right. I think he's completely... <laughs> <laughs> rolled over like a turtle now and just gone, I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> like, like he was really resistant at first to like a lot of the things that I wanted to do and a lot of like, you know, my job and like, and it, I think now he's just like, I can't, did you, oh, I don't, yeah, right, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get round to watching it at some point. But it was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. Really, really cool. Sorry, I chat a lot. Oh, <laughs> love
2: yeah. it. What a statement. Well, you've, no, but you, because,
0: you, there's been a lot of pube talk recently because we've been in lockdown for so yes, long. Yes,
2: yes. So. It, it calls like topics of discussion, though, doesn't it? Because you think... You know everyone's like, no, I shave because I like it. I like my hygiene. And when you actually sit back and reflect... You just think, wait, do you actually like it for your hygiene, or is it just society telling you that Thanks. you should not have hair? I,
1: thought, do you know what? Even right now, I like. I will tell you right now. <laughs> I do not know. Like, I cannot find the border between. Am I doing this because I want to do it? Or am I doing this because I've been told? And and it's like, how do you know? Yeah. Which and I think sometimes. You just have to. That's when I'm like, right. I have to go easy on myself right now, and I have to accept that there are some things that I might do until the day I die that are just ingrained in me, like by a patri- patriarchal society, and like it is what it is. And I might do until that. I might think, oh you know, the next generation might not do it as much. But I'm just like totally like I don't, I don't know. Like, where's the border? Like, have you ever? Have you ever, like, heard, or like, do you know? Have you ever, like, found any, like, good advice on, like... Because I'm looking for some. I'm like, how do I know that this isn't just... Exactly! i <laughs> you. I don't
2: know. It's so hard, isn't it? I feel like I constantly battle in my mind, like, hmm. surely you want to do this for you, or is it because you feel like you have to kind of thing? Because obviously lockdown, there's been no yeah. vaccine or anything. Huh. Um, so my sister who's very hairy Who, and I'm like isn't she she looks like a 90s porn star <laughs> and she said to me yesterday she's like no I feel I feel like it's quite empowering now and I was like yes that's what I like I'm so happy but yeah. as soon as that wax opportunity is there she's going to wax it off she looks like back up."
1: <laughs> but it is mad isn't it (laughs) I really honestly I mean the thing is I've like I really enjoyed like kind of that program really was it was a tipping point for me I really because I actually I love being hairy um but then there are times where I'm like I don't know it's like I get this little it's like a little moment where I'm just like shall I just, I just get, I just get rid of it all? And it's weird because I was saying to a boyfriend the other day, I was like, "I've shaved," and he was like, "Why'd you do that?" And I was like, "I don't remember doing it." Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I just don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it's like, it's so ingrained in me to get rid of it at a certain point when it gets to a certain length that I've done it, and then it's, it's gone again. And I'm just like, I don't know why I did that. Like, there was nothing like it was just there it's so and he I said I think it's honestly an unconscious decision and a lot of our beauty choices are unconscious decisions we make them we don't even make them it's just before we know it we've done something to our bodies that we didn't even really like give much thought to like and it's 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 honestly it's really hard work it's really hard work to identify the border between I want to do this for me and I actually am just doing this because I feel like I have to and I'm I, honestly I'm still battling with that even as a body confidence influencer who a lot of people do look to me for a lot of guidance on this stuff and I really honestly like so, I mean especially like I mean pandemic has done all sorts of things to my like you know thinking about myself but I've been thinking like you know, a lot of people look to me for guidance and I've still got no fucking clue about a lot of things. Like I'm really trying, my main concern is just to try and make people feel good, whatever their choices are, but we still have to tackle and dismantle like a lot of like these ingrained um, choices, choice, not choices, but you know what I mean? These ideas that have been put in our heads, but mate, like, yeah, i i 'm still not sure but i love i, I do i love having hair um but even now, I still have a little bit of, I do get a bit paranoid, when I've got leg hedge, you know what I mean, in the summer. And I, I still I still get that. I'm like, no, I don't want to feel that. But I do. And it's like, I can't help it. I can't lie. I can't yeah. lie and be like, yeah, Tony, bother me, mate. Because it does bother me still, and that's annoying. But, I mean, there are other areas of my body that I'm really proud of, and I think that's what people look to me for, like like Couldn't give a fuck. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, like, couldn't give a fuck up a bank. Like you know my saggy tits like I don't care about any of that like that doesn't bother me but the hair thing is still something that I'm processing you know and I I don't expect myself just because I do have this platform this this authority that I've kind of been that I've kind of built over the years like there are still areas of me that I'm working on and I'm sure it's the, the same for everyone and um the one thing I was thinking the other day is as women now not only are we expected to sort of you know beforehand it was always you know you know, you've got to adhere to beauty standards. You've got to adhere to the diet industry standards. Whereas now we've also got to embrace like positivity, like on top of that. Yeah. So it's like, I'm getting mixed messages. So I've got to do all of this stuff. I've got to make sure that I'm like preen and hairless and gorgeous and clear skin. And if I don't do that, then like, like, you know, I'm going to get, I'm definitely going to get criticism for it. And I'm going to like criticize myself for it. But also I've got to embrace this positive, positive side that's like, you know, you've got to love yourself and it's just toxic all the time. And what, all it does is crush your brain into thinking about your body like even more, you see, like it's like it's, it, this positivity can also, it's not always good. Sometimes it can make you feel like I'm still just thinking all about my body again it's, and it's frustrating anyway you guys can talk for a bit
2: <laughs> as well. Obviously, you're very like body confidence. So I like, don't, you feel it almost calls you to feel guilty when you have like an off week. Cause I'm always being like self love, like you're amazing. like love your body. And if I have a dodgy, which everyone does, it's normal. Like I can love my body. And then next week, not like it as much. I feel guilty. Cause I'm like, I'm like saying you be confident in yourself. And then when I take a step back and I'm having an off day, it's like, what am I doing?
1: Is yeah, so it's so hard. Totally fine, totally normal. Yeah. And I think, like with my with on like with my followers, when platform, I always like say, like you got to preach honesty, and it's not always easy to feel like feeling good about yourself and feeling confident in your body is a skill that you have to learn because you have to unlearn all of the like ingrained messages that you've grown up like taking in and i always say to my followers i have to school myself constantly i have to school myself constantly because i have to unlearn all of this stuff it's not like we're all just going to learn it like people say to me how how are you confident how do you do this i'm like you have to you have to actively commit time to learning at unlearned, sorry, unlearning it and and technically learning, but also unlearning. So like reading books about, you know, um, the diet industry, uh, things like The Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf, like all of these sorts of books that actually actively inform you so that when you are having those off days, you can accept I'm having an off day because I've been taught that my body is bad and that, you know, maybe I'm, um, you know, it's if I've got, we all, we all have them. It's completely fine. It's totally normal. In fact, you know, I'd be surprised to meet someone who hasn't experienced that, you know, every now and then, but if you are armed with the, I would, I would like the sort of academic is like, you know, the kind of like the socio, like political information that you need to like, to, so, you can sit back and go, I'm having a bad day, but I know that it's because of this. Yeah. I know that because I have that information. That's why I say to people listen to podcasts about body confidence, listen to like, you know, listen to these things and read these things because it will teach you and it will arm you with that information. So, you know that it's not just, it's not like that your body is bad. It's just that your brain is having one of those days where it's like sending thoughts and it's like, everything is bad. And you're like, can you provide me with evidence that my body is bad? And your brain's like, no. You just So you're just having a bad day. Yeah, I'm having yeah. a bad day. Okay, that's fine. Like, that's fine. We can have a bad day. We'll go easy on it today. We'll go for a walk. We'll do some nice things for ourselves. But your brain can sometimes have a little bit of a moment where it's like, I don't like it. Everything's
2: bad," yeah. And you're just like... It's, it's so not, relatable,
0: honestly. It's a lot. It's a it, lot to be a woman. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating for me because it, it's you don't. We don't like I'm like person of my age of my gender. We don't know that struggle.
2: No.
0: And I get. I, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm you teaching me, and I, uh, I, I you, you know, and that program was great because it it highlights what a big deal because. Uh, on the surface, it's got that little sort of uh, thing of, oh, it's just about women growing their pubes out, you know. And then, But then you see the effect to a point where a woman has to pull out, what a big deal it is. Mm. And that's why I think these type of programs are really crucial because mm-hmm. they, they, they open up to more a bigger audience of, the, of
2: that. Yeah, I think the amount of like white cis men that just come across your program, watched it, they probably learned so much and like it's just do you know what yeah. I, think? I I always when I watch it I, thought, I think I really hope like a 30 year old builder's watching this from Epping and he's like <laughs> come across your program he would learn so much that's why I just think it's so good that we've got educators like you out there because people need
1: to learn. It's, it's- a really Yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. And honestly, like my idea I would love the idea of them just sitting there going, What a load like initially that what a load of shit. It's yeah. just it's just an opportunity for women to like fucking complain about something else. <laughs> <laughs> and they're watching it and they're like, it's quite good actually. <laughs> oh I learnt that did you know that did you know that about like Playboy and it's just like I quite <laughs> like that <laughs>
0: yeah. i only tuned in to see some puge and so then I'm oh, up getting educated <laughs> <laughs> but
1: that's the thing like that's it yeah. sometimes people get lured in and actually like I was saying this to uh, my friend the other day and I was just like I quite, what, what I quite like about my platform is that I lure them in a little bit do you know what I mean it's like they're like oh lingerie pics and then wham I'm like right Yes. You know? <laughs> Good evening, sir. Do you know, do you know about the patriarchy? <laughs> and the ones every and obviously a lot of them leave, but that there you do hook some in that stay, and then they yeah, go. See. It's the problem is like a lot of people read defensively. They just read. They read and see defensively. They immediately think. She says, "Men, that's got to be me." Mm. Fuck her, like, and that's it. End of conversation, and it's just like it's just, it's part of it. And that's, and that's fine. And I try my best to kind of like, you know, I try my best to say, look, it's, I don't even want to say not all men. Cause I don't, don't really like that phrase anymore. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just trying to like, it's trying to bring people in and like educate them and hopefully they stay. Not everyone will. I appreciate that the way I speak can be quite off putting, but I don't care. <laughs> it's no. just like meh, I'm not that bothered. Um, but no, yeah, no, the, the, the program was great. And, um, I mean, pubes are life. Like I love them. Like, and I love, I love, I love talking about this stuff. I don't know if you guys saw, I uploaded a photo recently. It was a, well, maybe I say recently it was last month and it, my pubes were sticking out of my pants and, um, I got a lot, a lot of shit for that. Actually, a lot of shit from women as well. Surprisingly, yeah. I was really like, I was really surprised by that. Um, and it was it was a shame, but it's people are just so. I, the one thing that I I can't believe this like this is mad. But the one thing that I notice, or the one thing that really upsets me, is when men say that's unhygienic, and I'm like, right. So just to clarify, you've got no pubes in in on your pubis. Just you know, you've got no pubes on your groin. And they're like, well, yeah, and I'm like, right. So okay, so like it's, and I'm like, I feel like this should lead you to a logical conclusion now. Like I can let you go from here, but they're like, yeah, but you know, you know, it's unhygienic on women. I'm like, you've got, you've got to be kidding me. I've, I mean, I uploaded them to my to, like these screenshots of these comments to my stories. Cause it's just like the, the differences that we're taught we're in pubes in men and women. It's just this idea that like, and also sorry, babes, but like, why have we got to be hairless? There's something a little bit creepy about it, don't you think? Isn't it? I feel I feel like this all the time. Like the yeah.
2: ideal like beauty standard for women is no pubes at all. Yeah. You, like really young to the point that yeah. women feel pressured to get cosmetic surgery, Botox. There's just something about it that I just think it's really strange. If you're if you don't fit into that standard, you're just not seen as perfect and it's like but why this like people could be sexy with pews
1: it makes no sense to me but it's creepy it's creepy it's creepy like somebody like i mean there's lots of like speak on this on the internet now especially over on tiktok the gen z is like they're they're pretty onto it but basically it's like somebody did like a quiz and they were like right like beauty standards um do you prefer hair or no hair no hair do you prefer um like you know cellulite or no cellulite no, Sally. Like, and it went through it, and it went. Congratulations! Your preference in a woman is a child. Yes. Yes. and it is like, yeah, because I mean, I was. I was, people have been, started to realise. I mean, as I know it, especially, I got more. um I was looked at more and creeped on and followed more when I was like between the ages of fourteen to eighteen, maybe seventeen than i was when i was 21 like and i absolutely got more attention as a as a literal child than i did when i was like uh like even a young woman even like a 21 year old i was still like i still noticed i got more attention when i was younger and that is that's what's really it? it. it is not ill it's like it's something that i'm I'm going in hard on now. I speak about a lot online, and I'm just like, guys, this is wrong. This is really bad. Like, you know, why do we have to look like children in order to in order for people to think we're valuable? This is really fucked up. So, yeah, it's a big conversation, Stuart. Like, honestly, like it's yeah, yeah. Just the podcast. Yeah, it,
0: well, no, no, it's brilliant. And uh, but the thing is as well that that as soon as that comes to that level, then that hits a real nerve with me. You know, mm. and um, I, I was only watching a program last night about the sort of pedophile hunters and the actual oh, amount of uh, uh, of uh, the, the size of the problem, mm. you know, the size of the problem, and so people are actively looking for that online, and they're actively, but you, what is the scary thing of that is it's that sort of grey area that that's yeah. acceptable, but then it, you know, but this isn't, so that's the horror, but that's not, but that, where does that blend in from that to that? Mm. Where does that go on from that to that, and where does mm. that develop? And that's that's the scary thing, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah, I saw that program as well. I think I know the one you're talking about. And that's like it's when you look at the stats, it is really terrifying. That there, I mean, I, I went, I, I was speaking about um, like, like sort of like schoolgirl outfits and stuff, yeah. And there is just something like there's just something there's, there's an insidiousness ingrained in in like. The way we objectify women that I just find so, like, it's so dangerous and so toxic. And the worst part is that when you speak up about it, you get gaslighted into believing that you're being, you're exaggerating the problem, and that actually it's not really that bad. And actually, if if the girl is eighteen, she's technically legal, so it's fine. And I just find that so gross, and I I feel like it basically it's just it's just that people just shut down the conversations wherever they can. And luckily, we have social media now. If we didn't have social media, these conversations wouldn't be happening. I was telling, I was I was teaching um. I'm a lecturer now um a guest lecturer for Condenas College and I was teaching these girls I was saying to them look social media has changed everything like we would we are having conversations now that we would not have had have had the platform to do so like we would not have been able to have these chats like we would not know each other we would not have these conversations they just wouldn't happen so the fact that we have social media for this is just like it makes me so, I'm so happy to like be able to like use my voice and like actually speak about these things because I've always thought it, it's always made me feel uncomfortable. But, you know, like having a platform to speak about this stuff is really, really, is really important and I'm glad for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think as well, as soon as you become uncomfortable, that's the time when you, you, you know you're in the right direction. Mm. You, you've got to push yourself to do that.
1: Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, yeah, whenever I, when I do speak about it, I mean, obviously it's it's important to gauge what people respond back with. And obviously not everyone agrees with me. It's one thing not to agree with me. And it's another thing to like, to like, I get a lot, of, there's a lot of aggression online when I speak about this stuff, mm. especially, I mean, obviously men are the main problem. They really, really like either, they they're either really quiet or like they're really sort of like loud but like it's 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 interesting like the responses i get I, I i do like I do try to listen to my followers when they tell me like like I'm slightly off with something, but if the majority of the response if like say ninety percent of the response is sort of like in my favor then i'm like okay this is this is I'm onto to something you know, but yeah i just i I try and speak up where i can it's just yeah it's it, this is this is something that I'm looking more closely into in the in behind the scenes as well this whole like this this whole conversation is something that I'm like researching a lot more into, this whole like sort of like objectifying very young girls. Yeah.
2: Isn't it great though that you're going to colleges and you're like guest speakers for something like this topic? Because mm. I thought like I would have loved to have heard that, like heard that if I was at school or college. So it's great that you're getting in and like being like, Girls, think about this. Because I I like started my journey of feminism when I went to uni. Before so I. I didn't have a clue. I yeah. literally was getting objectified. I did not have a clue.
1: I loved it. I loved yeah. being objectified. I loved. I loved being objectified. I loved
2: the it. validation it brought me. But yeah. now I'm like, Get yeah. Me.
1: yeah yeah i'm the exact same university changed my life i don't know what it is it's something in the air at universities it just changes women and their opinions about things and they come back from university famously and their families are like completely blindsided by these sudden feminists that come back from university and like my dad was completely like like can't deal with you anymore it's too much don't want to hear it like it's it you know and it was always and we had these like blown out conversations and like what well, arguments actually like a lot of it was arguments because I just learned so much and it's yeah it's honestly it's Stu it's common it happens all the time like the, like women go away to universities they come back and they're like they're like hold the phone like and they're obviously like and my dad's the same my dad would never have been about trans rights like before like you know and now he's like I mean it's a work in progress but it's just the fact that he's come round to even being like, like no, they deserve they deserve the same as everybody else, you know. But it's just this this there's this ingrained thought in a lot of, in a lot of like you know, men sort of like you know fifties and so on. And I'm, again, you're like you know, Stu, don't mean to generalize at all, but it is something. It is a problem. Like in terms of, like they've grown up in a different time, exactly. and it is, it is they've grown up in a completely different time, and so now you've got this generation of people who are fighting for a very varied sort of like spectrum bell curve of rights for all sorts of different people. And it just, I think to my dad, and I think to people like my dad, it just feels like a huge, like see, like this cry of attention from all these different people. Everybody wants a voice, everybody. And, they, and my dad's just like, why can't, it's, it's it's just like, why can't we all just kind of, Why can't we just respect each other? Why can't we all just get along? And the thing is, it's like, dad, you know, these people don't, these people don't have rights. Like these people don't have a voice. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a struggle. But I think the main thing is as long as there's an attempt to understand and give an open floor, to like voices like yours when you have these conversations mm-hmm. and like listening to what you're saying because honestly, like my dad really struggles with that. Like yeah. he really yeah. does. Um,
0: we had the same thing, didn't we? You came it, back yeah. and yeah. we we had stand up
2: rows,
0: nose to nose, shouting, shouting.
2: Yeah, and it makes arguments. yeah you just feel like you're crazy <laughs> because yeah. you're you're so passionate. Mm. And in a household which people aren't as passionate, or they're not. They don't understand it more. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're actually a crazy person. But I do I do say you have come on so far. Thank you. With it. You're, and you, at least you try and learn, because a lot of well, men don't care enough no. to even try. So it's so good that you even try but, and understand.
0: The thing is, I've had to go through such a learning process over the last 15 years, because mm. I had to become sober. So. Uh, yeah. you know i'm just coming up 15 years sober and, and when you were saying yeah. earlier about your battle with your uh, constant thing of being you know like authentic to your positivity it's the same what you have to do with sobriety yeah. you know you have to i don't you don't just stop drinking and then become a sober person you constantly have to change your, your ways and it, it, it's a constant battle and it becomes something that you you, you just evolve and it's continual process Every mm-hmm. day is a learning day. Yeah. You know, absolutely. it was a bit like this, and, and speaking up for dads and your dad. <laughs> um, it's, and, and a lot of people understand this from our generation, mm. and we've said, we've had chats about this. Yeah. It's not that we don't, you know, like we, we do believe in what you believe in, but I just try and defend just where it comes from. It doesn't come from a, a negative, it comes from our influences. Yeah. And in the 70s, we were brought up on, um, entertainment that was based on racism, sexism. You know, we had the Jim Davison's to laugh at. We had the Love, My Neighbour programs yeah. to watch. I've, I've, and I've downloaded them and shown you some of them, haven't I? Yeah, I could like, watch it. You know, <laughs> you know like Alf Garnett and these things. Mm. Um, and I said, look, this is what we was brought up with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we can't, and as you said earlier, you can't unlearn stuff. You know, I spent the first 43 years of my life doing a certain thing. I couldn't switch it off. I had to then unlearn. It's taken me 15 years yeah. to unlearn day by day. Okay. And, and that's what you're facing as well as what we're facing. But what's wonderful is that when you can then come together, yeah. you know, and I do feel passionately, you know, about things now. You know, uh, we watched It's a Sin, didn't we? <laughs> I'm
2: crying,
0: oh, i my eyes out. At it's a God Sin. It. You know, I can't get my eyes that, out. So. You know, and it, but like, and it was so poignant because we, I remember living through that. Yeah. I remember the AIDS advert with the tombstone.
2: Yeah. And it
0: brought, but I was oblivious at that time, and mm. I was one of them who probably thought like that. Yeah. So it's my
2: like cringe little, inside. Yeah, I think I,
0: my God, I was like fair. thinking. Thinking that, and then when they say, "Oh yeah, it's a curse," and it's a, you know, I remember probably being that person who was thinking that. But yeah. it's, it's being forgiving enough to go right. You, you you know, but and being willing to learn. Yeah. To unlearn and then learn. Which yeah, is no, it
2: takes ages to unlearn what you've been brought up to know. Like, I went to uni like a like I said to you, like an uneducated person, and I feel like. With you, you've done well because, like you say, you've been growing up from a little kid all the way to now. What are you laughing at? I'm just laughing. (laughs)
0: It's been been
2: emotional. Yeah. What you know from a child up to now, you are trying to unlearn it, which I think is amazing. So you can unlearn things, but, like, it's always fighting that constant battle of, like, I was in a different generation, too, but, like, we're in this generation now. Yeah, like there's yeah. only so many, so much people can use it as an excuse. I feel, and you don't. I don't think no, some people no. can just shut the shut it down by not wanting to learn about how we feel in this society in this mm. day and age because they were brought up in a different generation. They just that's like an excuse to completely
1: not even bother. Yeah, it's it's a very it's an interesting uh, art, interesting thing. The way I see it is like. Um, especially with like people like my dad and my grandma, like my, my grandma um, and my, I've got a sort of one side of my family is very conservative mm. is even if they seem very like they close down the conversation very quickly, the way I see it is I've planted that seed now. It doesn't really matter if they've seen, they've seemed defensive to it. The fact is I've planted that seed of thought mm. and like that could grow into something Um, so it's not always that I feel that everything has to be like a loss. If somebody doesn't immediately like my dad and my dad is proof of that, you know, he's come around leaps and bounds in the last like five years. Um, and I, you know, from conversations that I thought he had written off as completely irrelevant and it's because he values me as his daughter and he likes, and he, and he values my opinions. He sees the power that I have outside of like what outside of speaking to him. And I think that makes him sit up and go, okay, like maybe there's something in this. And plus someone I love is saying it. And that's why like, women like you and me like are so powerful in that we have that influence as, as daughters. And I'm not saying that like, again, like this is another whole conversation, like, you know, emotional labor and whatnot and having to kind of give our time um, as women to try and kind of like teach people empathy for vulnerable, marginalized human beings. Um, and that's like, yeah, that's a whole other thing, but it's just trying to, I think, it's just we're creating a more tolerant society yeah. and my dad very much like you um the, the, it's the same thing I remember my dad getting really upset because there are these like vulnerable ill gay men in these hospital beds completely alone like and their mothers wouldn't even come and see them exactly. and what we know now he was like, oh, I would go and I would hug them and I would be there for them. And he, I was like, you wouldn't have done it then. He's like, no, I wouldn't have. But he's like, knowing what I know now, like just knowing that like not even their mums would go and see them. Like that's, he was like, I can't like that really upset him because it spoke to his, it spoke to him and it spoke to us sort of, I suppose, my dad does have like a pretty big ego, but he's also a very protective guy and that, that just knowing that you know these people needed someone and like they died alone that completely that's that sort of reached out to him and I said dad the thing is like that's still happening now and there are trans people out there who are being murdered for who they are and he was like that's not right and that's and it's just having those breakthrough moments where it's getting other people to understand other people's humanity And that's where it grows like a beautiful flower from that point. And then they start to come more open to it because at the end of the day, the source of people's understanding and compassion comes from a relatability factor that we're all just humans and we all just want to be loved and understood. Um, And I try now as you know years ago I used to be so angry at my dad for not understanding and now I'm like I try and hold space for him to have his sort of like moment of I don't like you know he doesn't get it but you know while also kind of like giving him a little bit more time mm. because these are kind of like these are very like to him it's very complex concepts but also I say to him dad like it's important that you don't spend too much time like (laughs) like kind of understand because at the end of the day that you know like it's the kind of thinking that the toxic thinking that you have does have an effect like on general society especially now with social media because we're putting all our thoughts out there um but like he's he's getting it much better now so yeah it's it's just trying to get people to understand other people's humanity isn't it yeah. Like when you see somebody who needs your help, like I know that you definitely do like for what you do, um, you just think this person needs my help. It probably wouldn't matter to you like who it was, but they, they cause they, cause they need help. So yeah, it's, I mean, this is i I've actually never spoken about this before. I've never spoken about my dad because I think, I think he, like, I think I've always just felt a little bit like, <sighs> Uh, because it, 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 I think it's this is, this conversation's given me the opportunity to explore that a little bit because i 've never done it before in, in public i've never've literally never spoken about my dad ever my mum a lot because she is made she made me the feminist I am in a lot of ways but yeah my dad didn't have play that part at all and actually it's been me that's been teaching him so it's an interesting one to like have so if I seem at any way like a little bit like it's just because it's fresh ground for me I've never spoken about my dad in a, on a yeah. podcast or anything so <laughs> it's weird
0: yeah. but it is, it is it's fascinating because I just know I feel like I know your dad <laughs> I'm going to give your dad a big <laughs> if ever meeting him
1: yeah, like, oh you guys would get on so much <laughs> I, mean, I mean I told him what you did I told him that I was doing this today and he was yeah. like obviously like He's very much, he's very much, you know, big, respect, I respect that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you, you touched on something there that, that um, you said about, it doesn't matter who they are if they need help. Mm-hmm. And I think if you are empathetic and, you, you know, it, that really does come through. And it, it, I've learned so much just in doing, um, I think it's seven years in November that I've been doing it Cuts for Homeless. And because I've met, I've met everyone yeah it is not you know yeah. it affects
1: everyone. homelessness
0: yeah it doesn't I'm discriminate like, like yeah. yeah yeah every race creed color uh, i've met trans people i've met you know more than often, more than i met uh, trans people in that position so not only are they trans also homeless yeah and i learned so much from one guy who um sorry lady <laughs> i'm See, but i'm learning it's okay. i'm learning, sure I'm learning. Aware, I'm learning. Aware. But i learned from one lady uh, but she explained to me, and she she was homeless, so she'd managed to get a certain amount of stuff done, yeah, but she it wasn 't very much, so she, she was aware that she you know and i've done it she loved it when i'd done her hair. that was That's really true. empowering, but what she explained to me was because I'm, I, I rely on national health and i've only can go so i can 't get anything done that i don't i 'm not convincing, so if I go to the toilet. If I go to a woman's toilet, I get like, what are you doing in here?
2: Oh, so sad.
0: And I never thought of that. Yeah. You know, I learned so much from her. Yeah. You know, the struggle of A, being trans, but B, being extremely poor.
2: Yeah. And literally having got a home, she, she hasn't got a safe space to feel no. accepted or like she's not going to get beat up for for who she is. She's on the streets and having to deal with that. Yeah. I
1: can't even imagine how that feels. It's it's incredible. It's incredible, unimaginable kind of poverty and complete and utter, like, underprivileged life that, I mean, the thing about... And and trans is so... Because I think, like a lot of the trans people we see on television or in the media tend to like, we tend to accept them when they sort of adhere to that sort of gender role or they look like, they look like a conventional woman, you know, they like, you know, I'm thinking like, obviously trans people don't tend to feature in RuPaul's Drag Race, but they have that kind of really, they, they conform to, what we think a woman looks like yeah. and that's the only time that we give them any credit or value as a woman and it becomes this really like and, it, and when you're homeless or if you don't have access or resources to things that maybe you would love to have access to but don't give it, like don't like allow you to look like you know, a conventional woman. Again, conventional is key because, obviously, you know, being a woman takes is not monolithic and takes so many different forms. Um, but it's it makes it so much more difficult for the general public to understand you, and it adds another layer of um, oppression to you and who you are, and I just, I think it's fascinating, I mean, my dad has, I'm not sorry to not bring it back to my dad, but he, <laughs> he never met a trans person, he's never, met, he lives out in the sticks in Denmark, like, literally no one, like, he lives in, like, a hamlet, like, he does not meet anybody, like, whereas I'm obviously, like, in a job that means I've got access to lots of different kinds of people, and you working with Haircuts for Homeless means that, you know you'll be meeting a you'll be meeting a far larger spectrum which has probably given you um a catalyst in learning like about different kinds of people Mm -hmm. and that in itself is like you know probably why you have the podcast and why we're having this conversation you know my dad is way behind but again is like also like trying his best and like it's it's such a yeah it's 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 fascinating. It's, it's a really, it's a really interesting conversation to have, but I think as long as like, I always tell him like, as long as you're like holding space for their like humanity, like, but the thing is, he still gets really hung up on like on really trivial arguments, you know, like trans bathrooms and um, like, like sport. And I'm not saying that these conversations aren't worth having. I'm just saying that like, that's, he has hooks in his mind where he's like, I'm going to hang my coat here. And every time the conversation gets brought up, he hangs his coat back on that same conversation. What about bathrooms? What about sports? What about bathrooms? What about sports? And I'm like, dad, (laughs) dad, we have to like, we have to get past this eventually. We have to have like more, um, we have to have more nuanced discussions about these people because they're not, they're not just like, they're not just kind of these like, they're not guinea pigs. They are like you know, and also stats reflect. And I have to show him stats and so on and so forth. And it's just yeah, it's it, these. Uh, but yes, no. Um, it's it's a it's an int- It's the, the trans conversation is an interesting one, especially when it comes to. But I mean the homelessness thing. I mean that's that's fascinating as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's another thing, that aspect, that it goes on to the the, the second P, which is uh, homelessness. What I've come across is period poverty. Yes. Now, I know yours is like period um, uh, power.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Period power. My drag name. Yeah, period power. But <laughs> period woman, but, um, which is great. And that's that one aspect. But the other aspect is period poverty, which I've really come across. Mm. That People, you know, people always say to me, oh, I'll get them a coffee and I'll get them, you know, I'll get them a, a, a sandwich and yeah. that. But sometimes, like a woman, and even even not in homelessness, even in, in low-income families and, and, you know, the fact that some women in our very rich society cannot afford um, personal, what you call it, goods.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> I'm trying,
0: I'm trying. No, it's It's, just horrific, I mean, yeah. though, it's horrific. It's
2: yeah. horrific. Well, it's <laughs> just a matter of, like, why are we even having to pay for something that we can't? Yeah. But yeah, we can't
1: help
2: having. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is so I can't imagine how homeless women feel when they're. When I'm on my period, I could be the most, well, you know, moodiest, really? <laughs> moodiest person. So I like to just stay in bed all day and eat chocolate. So I must course, be
0: constantly on my period.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> being on the streets and homeless on my yeah. period, like not even just for not being able to. Wear towels or tampons, but for the fact of like you feel like you need comfort when you're on. I don't know about you, but that's how
1: I feel. So that must just be rather oh, wow, great That's a great point, and you know, actually, now that you've said it, like that is an excellent point that I've never really considered. That it's not just the requirement of you know. I'm really sorry. I'm just going to shut the window because someone's moving a sheet of metal around. <laughs> It's very, very irritating. Right. That's a great point that you just made in regards to the comfort level. I actually I actually haven't really considered that because, of course, when you're on your period, it's not just I need a tampon, I need a pad. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm in pain. I have cramps. I'm obviously, you know, I'm, I'm feeling quite dirty down there, not because periods are dirty, but because obviously, you know, dry blood and mm-hmm. mucus and whatnot. And that can be very, yeah, there's a whole other level of like, and the comfort thing, like you said, like, I, I personally, like I'm a little bit of a, I'm one of these people that I'm like, no, let's get up and go. Like, yeah. At the same time, like, I'm like, sometimes I do need like a, a break. And if you need that, if you're somebody that has terrible cramping or whatnot, like, or if you're particularly moody and you don't want to interact with the world, you don't have a safe space and you don't have time. You don't necessarily have the privilege of just, you know. Like, I'm not saying you're lazy. Like, don't get me wrong. Lying in bed, like, I'm saying, I when I lie in bed, like, you and I have that option. If it's like, you know, what I'm gonna take the time, I'm gonna take some time for myself in a safe space where I can lie in bed. Um, we have that privilege, and they don't. And there's so again, it's like my apologies. I just belched. Um, <laughs> but like, period poverty it's very much focused on providing yeah. um tap, like you know the things that you need to plug but and absorb but not really any of the other things not yeah. nothing else that you, you may need while while on a period so yeah it's 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 a really great point that that, that comfort i've never really thought about that yeah
2: it's thought
1: look at me no neither have I. I just kind of came <laughs> <laughs> you, you're like you're a maverick you're like a natural maverick you know you're like same lines ablaze with your just the thoughts that you've you, and he's just like oh you know this it's just like
2: that's oh,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we love that
0: the other aspect of it is that thing of, of period shame the anti-period joke. Yeah. So that's the other thing that, that that I know you both stand for as well. Yeah. I mean, Jess has had some great pictures on, like, <laughs> with, a, with a bad show. Yeah.
2: It's what we literally need, isn't it? Like, the more we can normalise periods, the more accepting it would be within society. It just blows my mind, though, because it's more... Well, I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of men are more grossed out about periods because obviously we have to just deal with it mm. <laughs> Into that. and it's just mad when you think about how disgusted people can be just by blood that leaves your body, like yeah, people can sit there and watch really gory horror films people getting cut up, blood everywhere and they're like,
0: you're talking about your brother now
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I sat there with the popcorn, like, this is amazing yeah. and I'll leave a, a pad on the side with some blood in it and he's like, oh my god God, that is, isn't he? He's yeah. like, that's disgusting. Be, be, be
0: fair with him though, he can't watch A&E either, can he? Yeah, <laughs> true, yeah,
2: not Tom necessarily. We'll
0: forgive him a yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll
2: forgive him a bit.
1: But fair that enough. kind of difference
2: is... Yeah,
1: I think nice. I think ultimately, like, it's such an interesting, like, it's a multitude of, like, there's such a, there's like a multitude of conversation. But yeah, I, <clears throat> I I upload photos annoy I upload photos sometimes to annoy people like I upload photos that are very open like showing actual blood um that I have like you know leaked on my period um not because I think that that's what everyone should do but because sometimes I feel like you expose people you you literally drown them in the deep end like and you're like You get them so sort of like you have them question their own prejudices, um, their own internalised prejudices about something when you expose them to something that is so like beyond what they've like usually seen that, you know, it normalises it for them far quicker. There are posts that I've posted literally because, again, it's not something that I'm like everyone should do this all the time. It's just because I want to kind of like... I want to kind of boil them alive with what, with the message I'm trying to like give them. And so that when they're exposed to something a little bit less sort of in their face, it doesn't freak them out as much. And I think that it's really, it's really messed up really. but I mean, not just, I mean, Western, in Western society, we have a pretty like conservative outlook on periods but then, when you look at the rest of the world, I mean, there's isolation huts for women who are on their periods. They're not allowed to interact with people on their period. Um, that's how shameful and dirty it's considered to be. And I think a lot of it's to do with again this idea of women. Like we want sort of like we want to believe that women are essentially just children that you can fuck. Yeah. And when you bring up periods, it's a it's a sort of like sign of puberty and it's sort of like, it's very, it's very weird. It's kind of this weird sort of like mental denial of, of um, that this happens because it doesn't happen. I mean, pornography is a big like, you know, reason as well. It's sort of like, it just, this isn't sexy. Women are supposed to be sexually objectified and periods are not sexy. Um, and I don't, so therefore I don't want it to feature on this plastic silicone idea of a woman that I've created in my mind because we're always presented with the Barbie doll version of women. So when that woman is growing hair and bleeding, it's very like, it is for so many people, it's it's at odds with what they've believed women to be. When women are just like men just humans um they are just they we sprout hair we grow we have growth spurts we stretch our skin dimples there are i've tried to I, one of my biggest things i talk about online is the human body is not made of plastic it is going to grow it's going to sprout hair it's going to move and it's going to change because like it's as old as time It's such, it's, I mean, the human body is, is just, I mean, like, honestly, I get emotional over how incredible human body is and I get so like angry that people have boxed the human body into thinking it should look a certain way because there's so many different varieties and it's the most intricate and fascinating piece of biological machinery That has ever existed. And the fact that people get so like obsessed with trying to kind of like create this synthetic version of it is so disappointing when there's so much value and there's so much. I I don't like the word beauty because I feel like it kind of you know, your beautiful babes, like, shut yeah. up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not about being beautiful in a conventional way. It is absolutely like just awesome what it can do. Like I sometimes look at my fingers and the way that like I can do that. My brain has developed all these different neuro pathways into knowing exactly what I want to do next and all the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, that's amazing. Yeah. How can we not be so in awe yeah. of the human body? It's, it's, it's incredible. And then you look at how old it is and yeah. how far it's come from millions and millions of years. And not, I know that like, again, it's a bit cringe because I've seen this a lot. Like they made a stardust. I don't mean to like it, it, but it's true. Like we came from nothing and look at how amazing we are. I mean, ultimately like I posted this yesterday and I think it's amazing. We are just gangly flesh beasts Mm. with long limbs and we have a hole in our face full of protruding bones. I mean, if you're really wanting to be very body neutral or at least, you know, like consider the fact that we're all very freakish looking, like we're all very odd. And I love that thought because I think that comes away from the whole, you're so beautiful, like, you know, value yourself. It's like you could just think of yourself as a flesh, fleshy tree, yeah. <laughs> um, which kind of helps things. Somewhat. But I went on a rant there because I think, I think this is why I'm so sort of like open and honest on my platform because I think I just find, I find it so like, this is this being, a we're having a period is part of being a woman and as much as like and it's it frustrates me how it's seen as a woman's thing well as part of obviously as well like shout out to like non-binary people like obviously like they're uh, you know not everyone who is uh, has a period as a woman but it is so like it is it's, it's always seen as such a like hippy dippy problem you know it's just like oh it's a woman's thing like whatever it's what gives us life. It's part of the process that gives life to every single human being on the earth. But rather than seeing it as a woman's thing, a woman's time. Oh, it's just like a little kind of issue. Like, oh, whatever. You know, it's like, can we not consider this as part of the circle of life, which gives life to every single human that we know? And like, without it, it we none of us would exist. No. So can we stop making it like, such a little like issue that's like oh just you know do you see what I'm saying yeah. I just find that a lot of the speak around periods is so like um I'm thinking I'm trying to think of the word like it, it's so diminishing it's yeah. so like uh you know it's it's it just, like celebrated I feel yeah we learned
2: just about like at school when you was taught about periods I don't think feel like I was taught in like a celebratory like way it was more like the facts and Jam I in. Mean, I feel like yeah. Five, uh, yeah. yeah. Here's your pack, fuck off. Like yeah. yeah here's your pack, yeah. Pack, yeah if we actually knew about like how amazing it is, like we the, we have periods that causes people to be on this earth. Mm. I feel like we would celebrate it more and it would be more normalised. And I don't mm. know. I feel like there's is a lot long way to go for periods to literally be like a normal thing, but I feel like we're doing a great job, I guess.
1: A much better job. Yeah. Like I am glad to see that so many people, I mean, you know, and I, I was having an interview with this, this news website the other day. They said, you know, how much of a part do brands have in normalizing this? I'm like huge, like mm-hmm. absolutely massive. Um, I worked with a brand recently who one of the pictures went viral And I mean, they were still using blue liquid. And I was like, right, what we're going to do is we're going to actually, I'm going to show you the power of marketing something honestly. And that, and it was the best campaign they ever did. It went viral because it was an honest portrayal of, it wasn't even that controversial. You might have seen it. I'm just wearing a pad on some mesh pants. And I'm proudly showing it like, oh, look at this pad. Oh, yeah. God. And people were so like, whoa, it was a clean pad. It wasn't even, there was no blood on it. It was a clean pad. It was a literal piece of like, you know, like it, was, it was just five fibers. Like, it was. And I was just like, come on guys. Like, this is how, this is how messed up it is. And it's just like, it, it really is like, it's, it's, it's just trying to normalize it by speaking about it. And showing people it, and just being like, this is it's really okay. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do anything Are to you." you?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting what you just said because I've, I've never thought of that. You said about the blue liquid. Mm. So you mean like on the on the adverts, and you see the like, why is it blue liquid?
1: Yeah, because it's again, it's it's it's, it's our advert. It's our it's adverse. It up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Yeah. It's, again, it's that denial of blood, um, yeah. and. Like, like it's something that, that's something that should be ashamed of. I mean, it's not even just, it's not even just. I mean, a lot of women. um, It's not even that like they feel like necessarily about, um, like, it's not just pure shame. It's just like this idea of, for me personally, because I don't mind talking about my period, but it's this idea that I'm like when I talk about it. I still get that feeling of like, I'm being such a feminist right now. Nobody wants to listen to me. Like I feel so, like I feel so boring. Like no one wants to listen to my fucking period. I'm such a hippie feminist. Mm. Like, you know, burn the bra. I can hear the voice in my head. It's like, it's not that I feel shame about, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's when you're speaking to someone like your dad or a man or whatever, it's not that I feel shame. Like, That I I don't mind saying I'm on my period I have no problem saying that to you but I still have this voice in my head of you're being a boring feminist no one wants to hear this shut up like everyone no one wants to hear about your period and it's just like that's the voice I'm now trying to get get past it's like I don't really care if they don't want to hear it because they have to hear it because this is the only way that this thing is going to be normalized Mm -hmm. so it's 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 that fear of being boxed into a stereotype that i'm trying to still trying to get past, and that's why i'm I throw myself in the deep end every time and post it on Instagram and i'm just like I
2: think when you do that though say when you post a controversial picture or video, do you still have that anxiety once it's post and when you get some hate from men or, and women, like how do you
1: cope and how do you feel about it i don't mind criticism. I've literally, like, I got an absolute, I got a baptism of fire last year when a video I posted went viral on TikTok. And I literally have never had so much hate. And I think once you've had, like, that, like, so the worst criticism I get is, in, is criticism that speaks to my, I'm trying to be a good political influencer somebody who who like you know is very inclusive of everyone so the worst criticism i get is you're not being inclusive enough or something like that being told i'm disgusting or i'm a fat pig doesn't water off a duck's back doesn't even bother me couldn't give a fuck my most the criticism i look out for are the ones where it's like you weren't you didn't you didn't um uh you weren't like Kind enough to this section of people, you didn't take these people into consideration. Um, you were exclusive in the way you explained this thing, and and that's when I'm like, okay, like that stuff hurts because I feel like that's what I'm, I'm aiming to be the best version of that that I can be. So when I'm not that, that's what hurts. Yeah. But yeah, hearing people call me like, oh, you are rank, oh, you vile, doesn't bother me at all. The the other thing that bothers me, especially with social media lately, is deep platforming. Instagram has become incredibly um discriminatory and so t- TikTok's terrible for it. TikTok is blatant, blatant with how discriminatory they are towards bodies that basically don't fit into that cis slim size eight. Such- yeah. Yeah. They are so bad at it. Like I mean, like TikTok Instagram, at least they kind of tried to hide it, whereas TikTok is just like, you're disabled, Bye. Like yeah. they even like it's mad. But um and their their <laughs> their policy on it was well we're just trying to protect these people from being bullied on the platform. I'm like, why don't you invest your resources and energy into actually like dealing with the trolls as opposed to deleting people, marginalized voices. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind criticism. It, it, it's Instagram that really bothers me. So when I get nervous, it's because I'm like, are they going to deplatform me for posting this? Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's like watching your shop get burnt down with no insurance. If... My Instagram gets taken away from me. That's my job gone. And that's again maybe we could do this another time. But yeah, this is a, that's again, that's a whole other like thing. I love what I do. and I love putting messages out there and I love being, I love being controversial. I don't mind people calling me names. It doesn't bother me at all. Honestly, like in fact, it kind of makes me laugh. And actually I use criticism not to anchor me, but to propel me. I've said this a lot on, on Instagram. Mm. Um, It's just like when people criticize you, don't always see it as because you're doing the wrong thing. It's oftentimes it's because you're doing the right thing. Thing. so use it to push you yeah. as opposed to bring you down um, so if anything like I actually kind of get off on it in a way I kind of enjoy a little bit of criticism I, I enjoy controversy because at the end of the day like I'd rather people were talking about me than they weren't but yeah like deplatforming and being told that I wasn't inclusive enough those are the two things that bother me the most about social media now
0: that's worrying isn't it the deep platforming thing yeah. that you can't be authentic with what you believe yeah. in yeah. that is a worrying thing and it leads on to the, the last thing of the body positivity because you said yeah. it doesn't fit in like if you're not a size A and all that mm. and that's what you've really mm. you've, been, you've been in that even, you know since mm. you was very young weren't you yeah
2: I look back at school time and I th- thought I was really fat, and I was, like, hating myself. Yeah, I and I look back now, and I'm like, oh, my God, Esme, number one, you're actually smaller than what you are now, but I'm so much more confident now. And yeah. it's just mad because I feel like we are taught from such a young age, like, from literally when we start going to school, that if you are look a bit curvier, you've got some hips, like... You Are told that you are fat and you aren't like accepted in the beauty standard. Mm. That just I feel like that comes with age and time, doesn't it? Because I'm definitely still on the process of it all oh, for sure.
0: Oh, I've got to say, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you because you, I've said I saw the struggle you had when yeah, you were a young girl, yeah, and it was worrying, it was so worrying, yeah, that you weren't and you had that thing and you had that thing because. Because you're such a different shape to your younger sister. You're so close. And you're, so, mm. you're two different completely shapes. Mm. But it used, to, it used to worry me how much it worried you. Yeah. Um, and to the point where, um, you know, like when you found your strength. Yeah. You, when you found yourself. I mean, that, tell, tell Jess, how did you come back from IB for that time?
2: Oh, my God, yeah. I I was in BFA. I went straight from the club to the airport. I was in a... You'd love it. I was in a body, a jumpsuit, which was full-on lace. I had a thong on and no bra, so literally my nipples were through the lace, (laughs) and my bum cheeks were out walking around Gatwick like... (laughs) <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> me in year seven or a 13-year-old girl would never dream that Esme at the age of twenty twenty-one, would ever be doing something like that. But I think it is. I'm, I'm sure you can relate. It's literally a part... I don't even want to say that because it's so frustrating, but it's part of an, being acceptance of a woman and accepting yourself. And it doesn't come from a young age. I'd be so shocked if someone at a young age is as body competent as I am now I feel like it's a part of the process but I really hope like we can get to a point where women are having their skins from like the age of 13
1: even if they are like curvier do you know what I mean but, it's the dream um I would I mean this is partially why I'm I'm sort of like I'm I'm getting into more educative, <clears throat> educational spaces now because I want to try and ingrain a healthier message about bodies into young girls because the thing is in your formative years, we learn all of these horrible toxic messages and ultimately, yes, you know, we can do the work as, as as like older women, as adults, um, to unlearn it. But ideally it's the idea is to try and a not learn it in the first place. I'm not saying that that's like completely realistic, but actually I do have a pretty optimistic outlook on that. Um, and also like, to get um to get young girls to like learn better healthier like messages about their bodies and their formative years because the formative years fuck you up for life yeah like you carry messages from when you were a child through to your adulthood and that will spill out onto other people and it can affect you like they say like you know you if you um if you don't like what's that phrase it's brilliant to be about cutting your if you if you're cut when you were younger and you don't heal it, you'll bleed onto people who, you know, didn't cut you or something like that. That is not the phrase. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: You end up up bleeding onto people who didn't cut you later in life. And that's, you know, that's that's on trauma. Um, And I think that women specifically have a very, very... Ter- have such a terrible connection and relationship with their bodies and that has an active effect on who they become as adults and it's not just and i'm, I'm seriously this isn't just about loving your body this isn't just about appreciate like you know body positivity and quality confidence you will allow people to walk all over you and treat you like garbage when you ha- are insecure about yourself like you will allow you will fuck people who should not, you should not let fuck you because you feel like, like it's all you deserve. You will put up with bad behavior because you are so insecure and so feel so down on yourself and you're so ashamed of your body that you think I deserve this bad thing that's happening to me because I am so wrong. Like all of these important, crucial pathways that are created in your formative years cannot Be created because of shame, and when we feel shame, we 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 carry that, and it never really goes away. Like unless I mean, I mean, I'm sure. Like I mean, unless we become aware of it, um, or we maybe do some therapy on like for it. But it's it's ultimately like this isn't just about going in for me. It isn't just about going into schools and being, or even on Instagram and being like, love yourself, babe. It's not like that. That's often what I see nowadays, and I get really frustrated by it. It's partially one of the reasons I've stopped posting as much as I have because I just find the space too, like, pink and glittery. And again, nothing wrong with those things. And I genuinely, like, some of those things are accessible entry points to girls. Like, and I'm, you know, if they've just discovered it, it kind of brings them in. And I don't mind that. Like, I'm not criticizing it. I just feel like it's not enough. It doesn't get down to the crux and the root of this really systemic problem that we have. And it doesn't, and it's not, it's not just about love yourself. It is about if you feel like, if you feel shame in yourself, you will allow people to treat you badly and you will make choices in life that will further your trauma and anxieties because you feel like you are not worthy. So, that's where I feel like I have to step in, at, in you know, and do these presentations, these lectures for young girls to say to them: Look, right now you are at a crucial formative point in your life where you're going to learn a lot of things about your body and who you are, and you will carry that into your teens and you will carry that into your twenties and then eventually adulthood. And like, I want you to know that your body is a powerful thing and you have to protect it. Mm-hmm. You have to protect it from messages that and there are going to be lots of them. There are going to be boys that tell you your ass is too fat. There are going to be billboards that tell you that you, you look like the Michelin man unless you look like this model here. There is going to be a lot of it and I want to arm you now with the information that you need to basically you know you might see it, you might feel it, but but then you'll step back and go I am still worthy. I am still of value, even though I don't look like that. And that boy that said my ass was fat. Okay. That hurt. That did hurt. But now I know I'm not going to fuck that guy rather than I should probably fuck that guy because he's just told me my ass is fat and no one else is going to love me. I'm lucky enough that he's here right now. Mm -hmm. So you see what I'm saying? It's about, it's about having these, giving them these messages that like, they are worthy and that they are going to make mistakes and that, you know, it's a hard journey, but at the same time, like they deserve better. And they, like, I want to teach them messages of self love that are not just like. Love yourself. Yeah. 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 More than that. Because genuinely shame is, is one of the most intoxicating things. And I really hate it because mm-hmm. i feel, i felt it like, my whole life and i don't want other people to feel it because it has caused me to make decisions about myself that i or decisions for myself that were not conducive to creating a healthy and positive environment for me and it's about putting your worthiness and your like it's about putting you at the top
2: yeah
1: in terms of like who's the most important person it's always you you're number 1 and after that of course Your network is important too, your dad, your family, your friends. Of course, those people are important. You need – like, I mean, I I love them, but it's about teaching girls, like, you need you. You can be everything to yourself,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's that. I just – that's why I want to go into education, because I think this is so much more than just posting a meme. Yeah. This is much more important than that.
2: It would be so amazing, like, if we have more people like you – in schools at the age where you feel like you need that person telling you, I would have loved to have heard that when I was 12. <laughs> I would have needed that. My life probably would have been a lot and different and I probably would have made a lot of different choices and decisions. So if it, if it is there from an earlier age, when we just go on our own personal journey with it, Imagine how many people it could affect.
0: I, th- I think it, the crucial thing is age.
2: Yeah.
0: And, um, I, I've got. I've had a previous guest, a uh, friend of mine, Paul Hannaford and he does. He works with drugs and gangs and and um, knife crime and that. And he got called in. He went to your school, didn't he? Like, yeah. you know, I've known him a long time. He's a wonderful work he does. But they, the schools were saying, we've got um, we're trouble with our sixteen-year-olds. They're all, you know, we need you to talk to them about drugs and that. He said, no. You, I've got to talk to your 11-year-olds or your 10-year-olds or your 9-year-olds.
2: Yeah.
0: Because if I talk to them, then if I if I talk to the other guys now, they've already got a problem. If I talk to them at that age, maybe we can prevent rather than cure because mm. you never want to cure. Mm. You cure a little bit. You don't cure all of it. But you, if you get in at a lower age, and that's what's crucial for what you do, and, you know, you could do that. Anyone, any, all of yeah. you yeah. could do that because that's the thing. The key is going in. And, and and adjusting those young minds mm. in the right way and preparing them. You mm-hmm. know, it's true. It's happy, near to tears, what you just said. Yeah. That people are, you know, and I've seen it. I've mm-hmm. seen it so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, 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 you know, it, it, it's preparing them for life, which you are not getting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. you gotta, you got to give people the tools they need at a young age in order to, like, make better decisions as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like it's, it's really messed up because the thing about beauty and diet industry is that it's all about profit. Like it's all about profit and like, it's all about getting people to consume. And then the irony is, is that as you get older, people will tell you that all of the choices you make, like that ultimately like are your downfall, are completely your fault. Like you are the, you are the master of your own destiny. And that is true, but also it's, like it's really like gaslighty, and like this because the society is very it gaslights people into believing that like every all of the their out the outcomes of their lives are completely down to them and that they there was no external influences and uh like i i see people making all the like decisions all the time that affect like that affects them like in such like negative ways. And you just, I mean, I get DMs every single day from women who are just so like, honestly, like I like, it gets me so emotional. They're so fucking desperate. Yeah.
2: So
1: desperate. Cause it, this isn't just like, I want to be thin. I want to be thin. And I don't, it's not like that. It's like what they're saying is they're not, they're not saying I want to be thin. They're saying I'm no one, I don't feel loved. I don't feel like anyone, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be accepted and loved for who I am because I have fat. um, Fairly. And then I did this video once I did, I say once it was like last month, Jess, um, I did this video where I said to people, like somewhat, it's like confident women. Like, how are you confident? And I was like, I think about like space, you know, when you're a human... Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I think about space. Like, think... And, uh, there was there was a... Carl Sagan did a brilliant speech. I don't know if you know Carl Sagan. Did a brilliant speech where he said, like, he it was a picture. I mean, you've heard it, so but I'll explain it for you. Um, there was a picture of, um, of the vast cosmos, the blackness of space. And then there was this ray of light and it was, uh, and then on the ray of light, there was like a pixel. And but you could, you could just about see it. And he was like, right there. That's earth. That's earth right there. Every, like every, all the bloodshed, all the wars, every president, every king and emperor has lived on that tiny dot in the vast cosmos of space. And like, it just put all of my life, all of my feelings about human life into perspective. Because... I like in that that pixel has existed for like 65 billion years and I'm worried about my fucking back fat so true. I'm worried about my fucking bingo wings which are actually just arms with extra fat by the way bingo wings don't exist <laughs> and it's just like it makes you think like I've got 80 years, maybe 100 if I'm super lucky or super unlucky. Um, and I'm not going to wait. Why, why the fuck am I wasting my time being worried about this thing? Why am I worried about my fucking cellulite on the backs of my thighs? Like, how can I be when I am literally on... When you look outside, the world seems like a big place. But actually... In comparison to the universe, it's not very big, and we don't have a lot of time. So, can we stop worrying about these things? Can we stop wasting what little, like you know, time and energy we have on like the dimples on my ass and the spots around <laughs> my butt? So true, so true. I could change lives.
2: That, the, looking at it like that, that could.
0: I've I've just realised that we're nearly we're way over I (laughs) have talked for
2: hours I'm so
0: sorry Jess because I I know that you know you've you've been really generous with your time now but I just think it it tells us that we've got to have a part two at some point (laughs) yeah
1: episode two
0: (laughs) episode two's coming yeah
1: (laughs) I would love to do a part two Um, and honestly like I I, I genuinely like I've had a really nice time so I'm just yeah I know what you mean it's like it is it is it's this is my dream chat I love talking about this stuff yeah yeah. Um, actually I don't really um, whenever someone asks me to do a podcast I get a bit nervy because podcasts are like obviously I edit a lot of what I do and put it online like as in like in terms of films you know I cut bits you know but like podcasts are all there's a constant stream and you know I often get very like oh I don't know if I'm very good on podcasts what if I say the wrong thing but it's never as scary as I think Mm it is. No.
2: If you
1: ever do one of your talks, I would love to come as well. By the way, if you okay. do, okay, yeah, do, yeah, I can set that up. Well, I'm doing um, a talk on the sixth of March for the Warwick Women's Summit. Okay. Um, I actually have yet to decide on a subject. Hopefully, they don't listen to this. Oh, so they will. Like, hopefully not. Oh God, what if they did? But because I'm supposed to have decided on the subject by now and started writing, it's on. It's next Saturday, so I'm a bit like. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I could talk about I don't know maybe i could talk about this like like changing the world maybe i'll do like a provocative title like changing the world through self-love but yeah. then actually be like this is what we got to do we've got we got to get out we've got to get the message out to the youngins we've got to like we've got to make a revolution you know yeah. just completely like yeah like do something a little bit more because i i'm yeah i need to sort it out straight away i, I mean i told you about Stuart, didn't i because i'm yeah. like writing this thing and i'm like Oh, it would be nice to have a podcast actually give me a break from the writing. So yeah. feel free to come to that if you'd yeah. like. Yeah. That's, that's a free event. So, Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, yes. 6th of March at, I want to say 12, 20? But I can send you the deets if you DM me. I can send you the deets if you DM me, girl. Okay, cool. <laughs> <I've> got you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, thanks.
0: And you've really made this special for me. And thank you, because, you know, I I fucking love what you do. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, you've made it really special today. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places, many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.